Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations, south at 4501 South Congress, north at 8808 Research Boulevard, and new northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at Casa at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Stay tuned for Love Talk with Evelyn Davison. Her guests today are Richard and Glad Curley. Love talking today about love, life, and marriage. Thank you, John. We are in the studio today. This is Evelyn Davison with Love Talk, and we are so excited about what um, we're going to be talking about today, and we're here to build bridges of love and understanding, and as we do that, our goal is to develop leadership across the state, across this nation, and around the world as we broadcast here on the bridge. Our guest today is a longtime friend, Richard and Glad Curley, and... um, Richard is a former radio buddy, and Glad is a local Christian counselor, and they have two children. They have a son and a daughter, and uh, um, it is interesting through the years that uh, I've known Richard that we've done a lot of things together, and, uh, you know, their lives are work and the work of the Lord Jesus, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about change, John. How it is in life that we look at life and be willing to allow the Lord Jesus to mold us into his love image. Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for those who love the Lord Jesus and are called or placed in his service. And then 29 tells us why. That we might be conformed to the love image of Jesus Christ. And that's what our goal is here, is to just develop programming that that will help uh, those who are listening uh, across the airways or whatever uh, to 
come to a point that they recognize that apart from the Lord Jesus, there is no life and love. And so, look, welcome, Richard. We're glad you're here and glad we're so glad to have you with us today. We're delighted to be here. We are delighted. All right. Let me see your light. Uh, it's out in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Richard is a funny guy. Richard, how did we meet? Do I'm, you remember? I'm a fun guy. Which I is, know you. Which yes. is plural for fungus. Oh, no, no, no. We don't talk about fungus <laughs> oh, here. How did we meet uh, at, at a, another radio station? And uh-huh. then uh, when you couldn't find anybody else, you invited me to come and, and be your spokesperson at the National Day of Prayer. That's the, right. The down South. At the you know, they, they wanted somebody who could really... Uh, get the crowd together and get things coordinated and, and keep things running smoothly. And when that guy didn't show up, they got me. Well, I have to disagree with you to begin with. Uh, we pray very seriously about that time. One of the things, Richard, that I, I've noticed in this city, and I've been here 47 years now, from Cut and Shoot, Texas, as yes, you ma'am. said earlier, uh, is that people are looking for hope. Oh, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they want some fun. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and you're kind of a funny guy. I get that a lot. I'm not sure why. Yeah. Well, it is so odd to me that you have one that's absolutely opposite to you, Miss Glass. <laughs> I am I am grossly overmarried. Oh, overmarried. Okay. And how in the world do you live with this every day? I I have a husband a little bit like this, but Richard is delightful. Well. He brings a lot of joy to our family, Does and uh, he's taught me how to laugh uh-huh. at myself and others, and that's a good that's thing. That's a necessity. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the children. They're not children anymore. They're not children anymore. Our daughter is 24. Her name is Sandy, and mm-hmm. our son, Dennis, is... Uh, 26. 26. Okay. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both working here in Austin and living here in Austin, and we're just delighted for all the wonderful things God has done. God healed them uh, probably, I guess, about eight years ago mm-hmm. of a, a major illness, and uh, it drastically changed our lives and and uh, gave us a lot of hope. Then mm-hmm. I would say there were many times we didn't have a lot of hope, mm-hmm. but um, God yeah, but that, does that. That change didn't come before. He turned all my hair white. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, tell me a little bit about them, about their personality. I know you're graduate class, and one of the major things we do in Christian Leader Speaker Seminars is to look at the differences in personality of our children and even ourselves and our mates. And Tell me a little bit about both of them. Well, uh, they both have very different personalities. Our son is... Um, very outgoing, never meets a stranger. He's been that way since he came into the world. And uh, just he's a musician is mm-hmm. one of his traits. He plays in the band at his church. And uh, he just has a lot of life. Our daughter is uh, really a very quiet, private person. Mm-hmm. She's uh, has, you know, strong friendships, but she's... Uh, an introvert in, rea- in reality. She's more like me. <laughs> she is a lot like her father in spite of really? that. Yeah, she has That's a lot of her father's traits. I haven't seen them probably for 20 years, uh, okay. you know, when they were just piddling along. And uh, and yeah, it is so exciting to hear our good report from them. Are they natural born children? Or no. No, no, no they we were have, adopted. Don't they got them off the rack. We got them. <laughs> How did you pick them? Well, it's uh, interesting. We uh, found out that we could not conceive 
And so we started looking toward adoption, mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're a very interesting family. Our children are biracial because the adoption agency had asked us if we had considered mm-hmm. biracial children because a lot of times white people don't want them and black people yeah. don't want them. And I, at the time, I just said, you know, I really don't care as long as they don't turn blue. <laughs> a red Indian. Yeah. And and so uh, we uh, we adopted Dennis first, and he was just a delightful, sweetest little baby in the world, and <laughs> you know, just perfect baby. Slept, and then we said, uh, well, let's do this again. Uh-huh. And we love Sandy beyond measure, but if we had adopted Sandy first, I think she'd be an only child. <laughs> really? I think so. Uh-huh. She, she has. Uh, she's high maintenance, I guess. She is. <laughs> but love her. But love uh-huh. her to death. Yes. Well, you know, that's what life is. Mm-hmm. It's none of us are made out of. We're all made out of dust. Uh-huh. You know, we're going to go back to dust. But it's different colors. Mm-hmm. It's different colors. It's different flavors. Different personalities. Well, our, our kids love the fact that, that they are adopted because they understand that it was not an accident, that we picked them. Just mm-hmm. like God has adopted us. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And, and there's, there's a tenet in old Jewish law that a, a naturally born son or daughter, mm-hmm. if they dishonor the family, they can be disowned. But if a child is um, adopted into any family uh, under old Jewish law, mm-hmm. they can never be disowned. Mm-hmm. Ever. Is that right? I so, did not know that. Yes, ma'am. Well, thank you for that. I'll send you a bill. All right. <laughs> Glad you are a professional counselor. Tell me a little bit about your, your ministry. Well, I've been um, a professional counselor in Austin for getting close to be 30 years. Uh, and uh, since our son was a baby mm-hmm. is kind of how I remember it. And um, it's been fun to be on the front lines and watch God do a lot of things mm-hmm. in people's lives and watch them grow and be transformed and healed of lots of wounds yeah. in their life. And um, recently, we've um, my prayer partner and I, Paula Hopkins, uh, have joined, have started the uh, Pastoral Care and uh, Prayer Center. And so that's an exciting thing. So it'll be interesting to see what God does with that. Well, what is your... What is your direction for that ministry? Well, there will be more pastoral care, overtly Christian counseling. I've always been known as a Christian counselor, uh-huh. but that will be more the thrust. And then spiritual direction, which is an old practice. Yes, spiritual and, direction. And um, that's not perfection. It's but a direction. practice for old people. <laughs> no, it's just been around for oh, for it's an old practice. A long, 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 long yeah. time. And kind of went away, and it's kind of well, let's, coming back. Let's tell our friends right now how to get in touch with you. Give us the phone number. The uh, phone number is 512-569-4665. And you can also find me on the web at pcpc.us. PC. PC. PC.us. Or, yes. or as we call it, <laughs> <laughs> That might be hard to spell. I want, yeah, I wanted to get you in first, Glenn, because I know we're just going to get out of control here in just a few minutes. Uh, Richard, you, we got to know each other through radio. We did. And you had a number of different um, occupations in I life, did. right? I have. Yes, ma'am. I've, okay. I've been a professional musician. i worked in politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked in sales quite a bit. Uh, I did radio off and on for 20 years. I... Uh, um, did Medicare insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I I'm now working as a uh, pre-planning advisor for help people plan their funerals. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. What I'd really like to go back to, and I don't think they'll let me. I'm thinking seriously about going, uh, continuing my trek to be a professional before model. Before model. Yeah, you know, you have these pictures of people before and after. <laughs> yeah. And I want to get the job as the professional before. And so, why would you want to do that? Well, it's obvious I have a face that was made for radio, uh-huh. and I, I don't photograph well, and I, I look live. I look better when you can't see me. <laughs> but but seriously, I, I I I revel in what I'm doing now because I, I get the opportunity to uh, help people plan their funerals, uh-huh. and and on on the day when when you have to answer the worst day of your life, you have yes. to answer about 150 questions. Yeah. If we can take that event and move it back and have everything prepared, right. it makes it so much easier. Right. And that's something that my mother had done for us. And so I, I love the opportunity to get to do it for other people. Well, that is what we call funeral business, right? Yes, ma'am. You know, that's a funny word. It is. It's a funny word. And I I, I remember one time we did a, a pastor's birthday party. Six, I think he was 60 years old. And I said something about... You know, are you a fun guy or a funeral guy? You know, he did. I got to know him through funerals. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, you know, I never thought about that. that. That is a very strange word. Fun. You make planning for eternity. It, it, both ways. Fun. It's a, it's a serious job. And, and I, I do keep my composure when I'm, I'm working with families because nobody wants to talk about death. And they certainly don't want to talk about their own death. That's true. You know, Mamaw used to say that uh, any time you wake up on this side of the dirt is a good day. And nobody wants to think about their, their funeral. They don't want to plan for it. They don't understand that, that the price of funerals double mm-hmm. almost every seven years. Yes. And it's very expensive. Yes. I mean, the average price of a funeral in, in the United States today is around $10,000. Mm-hmm. Now, I looked. I don't know where if Glad moved it. But I looked in the bureau last night, and the ten grand we had for the funeral is not there anymore. <laughs> no, it's not there. Sorry. Yeah, we, I think we bought gas with it. <laughs> bought gas for college. Or... <laughs> I've lost control here, Richard. <laughs> oh, well, you know, uh, part of life is being cheerful and being happy and being helpful. And there, that is a very serious time, and I'm going to get real emotional here. Uh, and I've done that twice, uh, three times in my family. My brother, mm-hmm. uh, the year before we moved to Austin, was abducted and killed and robbed. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom and my dad had no, just no support system at all. And it was a very, very difficult time uh, to plan in the Houston, in the that was in the Houston area. And they gave us, they said, you cannot claim this. You know, remains for two weeks, and it was just one of the most horrible experiences I've ever been through in my life. And so, through the years, you know, it has brought a recognition to me that there is a time for that. But what we want to talk about today, not only is there a time for the physical part of life to be terminated or you know extended or changed, but for the life that is the hereafter, and we're going to talk some about that today. But I want us to talk about what life was like for you growing up. But we need to take a break. Uh, oh, 
<laughs> we need to take a break. There's and, a bug in here. And we'll, we'll be back with Love Talk with Richard and Curly and Glad Curly right after this. Stay with us, folks. It's fixing to get lively. And Thank you. Bug. <laughs> Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow. These guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0000. Or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison. Thank you, John. We are in studio today, and John Cotner is our engineer and producer and professional man, keeping us going on track with some very special friends. It's Glad and uh, Richard Curley. He doesn't look like a John. Yeah. Well, I got a little bit confused calling him Tom there. Well, he looks more like a Tom. But when I get around you, I have a little problem, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> We've been friends a long time. I think we ought to just call him Bob. That way we can spell it backwards. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's talk about yeah. some. We said we were going to come back and talk about changes. Yes, ma'am. And not only changes in the way that we live our lives, but the way that we end our lives and and what there is after that, because that's where our hope is. Uh, what was like life like for you growing up? Where were you born and in, in what was life really like? I was born in, in a small uh, college town in central Texas called Austin. Oh. <laughs> and the, the city limits went from Ben White, uh, what is Ben White Boulevard today, to mm-hmm. U.S. 183. And approximately 10 miles across town. It was nothing. We grew up on, on the north end of town, and it was nothing for me to get on my bike and ride to my sister's house just off of Ben White Boulevard. Mm. Now, when our kids were growing up, we didn't let them play in the front yard without us being there. But uh, I went everywhere. Um, I am the youngest of five and the only boy. So I didn't. Bless you. Well, I didn't really speak until I was five years old. You didn't have any opportunity. I, I didn't. Yeah. I, and, and in fact, uh, I was a huge surprise. For the first eight seconds of my life, I was Susan. <laughs> and that was before sonograms and, and whatnot. Yeah. So the, while, and, my, and the doctor knew that Susan was my chosen name. And so as he was doing his work, he suggested to my mother that she might want to rethink that. Uh-huh. And so I quickly came up being Richard Jr. Richard Jr. Richard Jr. What did your dad do for a living? He was uh, in insurance. Uh-huh. And uh, he, he had... Uh, um, Serious issues with um, alcohol, uh-huh. to say the least, and um, I was. We were all affected by that. He was. What high school did you go to? I went to a McCallum High School, just around okay. the corner yeah. from where you are now. Yeah, that's the big part of town those days. It is. Boy, it, yeah. Then you know, it just moved out from there, both sides. So. We we yell at, at Travis. We got the bell. We got the bell. Yeah. Nobody knows what that means. Glad. <laughs> what about you? What was life like as a growing up? Well, I grew up in Oklahoma, so a little different, a little bitty town. Uh, I was the only girl uh, of four, so I had three older brothers. So we were kind of the reverse of each other what a great in, in that department. Mm-hmm. Um, my um, parents divorced when I was 10 Ooh. and uh, probably was the beginning of what made me decide to be a counselor. So, um, 
and when my parents divorced, that was very abnormal. Mm-hmm. I, I can remember there were only a handful of us in school that were from divorced families. So life has drastically changed, has which changed. when my kids were in school, that wasn't uncommon. It was almost like we were the oddballs that we were married and together. And a lot of their friends, they uh, had, their parents were divorced. What have been maybe some of the major changes that you've made in your life? Uh, have impacted your life. <laughs> well, uh, getting married and uh, having children, uh, adopting two wonderful children, I had no idea that it would change my life. I thought I was kind of together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thought I knew what I was talking about as a therapist, and then we adopted our children, and I discovered I didn't know anything. <laughs> and so uh, they they have uh, really children really drastically change mm-hmm. and it's so different than when i grew up which was just a little bitty town everybody knew everybody so you were pretty safe anywhere mm-hmm. you went because everybody knew your mother and, and or your father and so it wasn't like it was or your aunt or your uncle and to know mm-hmm. which group you belong to and so it's been very different and then in 2008 a big change that occurred was uh, god healed our children of a real major illness both of them and that just because uh, I, I had almost arrived at a point that I wasn't sure God healed anymore, mm-hmm. and then He healed them, and it was like, whoa, this is a little bit more than I had bargained for, mm-hmm. and it has changed everything in my life. And my walk with God is, I think, a lot deeper than it used to be. I, I don't, by any means, think I know it all. Because mm-hmm. heavens, the more I know, the the less I know is kind of how I've arrived at. So that was a huge major change in my life. And so, How did you come to know the Lord loves you? Well, that I will uh, give both of my parents credit for that. I was born and raised in church mm-hmm. and even um, and really discovered that. <laughs> I remember thinking as a child that God was the only sane person in the house I grew up in. Oh. And so I really discovered his love at a very young age. That's I can wonderful. remember... Um, playing dolls and mm-hmm. felt Jesus there with me as it's a little exciting. bitty girl. And so um, I don't remember not knowing that God loved me. It's an amazing thing when he, the revelation of who he uh, is in the area of love and not in condemnation. Right. You know, it is so. What about you, Richard? I didn't play with dolls. <laughs> <laughs> How about girls? Girls I liked a lot. Yes. <laughs> no. uh, I, I came to the Lord when I was 20 years old. Uh, How did that happen? I was at a Bible study that uh, um gentleman by the name of Bob Hensley had been teaching mm-hmm. in Austin for a while. And uh, I was, he had, had prayed a prayer at the end of the Bible study that I, I pray that God is not going to let any of you rest until you get right with him tonight. And I would blow this guy off. He's, he's just, mm. he's full of it. So I went home and I went to bed and I didn't go to sleep. <laughs> And I got up, and I went to bed, and I didn't go to sleep. So about uh, oh eleven thirty the next morning, I hadn't slept all night. I went back to his house, knocked on the door, and said, really? "Okay, let's talk. I'm tired of this. I need to get some rest." Mm. And he had this big grin on his face, and I wanted to pop him right in the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and so, that's where you got changed, huh? I would say so. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I and I explained to him at the time. You know, I grew up in the church. I know all the Christianese stuff that you're uh-huh. going to throw at me. You've got to, to show me something that I haven't seen before in order. I, I understood uh, intellectually 
yeah. about the, the salvation plan. I understood emotionally, but no one had ever been able to translate it to a spirit level for me. Because, and Bob was able to do that. Well, you know, the Lord created us as trichotomous beings, you know, three-part people just like she he just is. sneeze? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think Isn't so. Isn't that one of the dinosaurs? No. <laughs> a, no. Tri- a try what? Trichotomous. That means three in one. The professor in there is laughing. But you know what happened with Adam and Eve? Uh, you know, the Lord gave them choice. They could either believe him and live with him. Or they could just go their way and struggle and fight and, you know, do whatever. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, Eve made the wrong decision. She made that choice. He planted two trees in that garden where they lived. And one of the trees was the tree of life. Mm-hmm. And the other was the tree of choice. It says of knowledge of good and evil, but it was a choice. Mm-hmm. And that was what happened. What happened was when Eve made that choice not to believe and to trust and walk with the Lord, then part of them died. Mm-hmm. A third of them died. There was no Holy Spirit at rest in their life. And so though I just believe with all my heart, and I know you teach this, that, that people are struggling to find out what it is that's missing in their life. No, that is There's very something correct. is missing, mm-hmm. and it is always the Spirit. And, you know, the soul's made up of three things, mind, will, and emotions. And the Spirit's made up of three things when we come to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. First of all, is the Holy Spirit takes residence. That's what scriptures say. Mm-hmm. And he gives us a very special gift. He gives us a special gift. Mm-hmm. And then as it works in our life, goes through our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, out into the living part of us, then we bear fruit. And that is God's goal, I think, for each one of us, mm-hmm. is that whatever he's invested in Richard, well, I, I'd it made, would bear fruit. You'd I, be a tree that would bear fruit. I made it very clear to Bob at the time that I don't want any of this stuff if it, if I'm going to be as boring as the people I sit in church with. Right. I mean, they're they're like a, a cheerleader for a traffic accident or something. Yes. And, and he said, "Don't worry." And actually, people tell me I'm funny. I don't always get it, but I my sense of humor changed overnight. Well, but I think you're you're a junior Bob Hope, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that. Yeah, well, well, he's pretty old, junior. and you're not old yet, so you got a long way to go. Well, I, yeah, you were talking about Adam and Eve. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I was always thinking that if they'd come over and played bridge with you and Van, they could have avoided a lot of that trouble. <laughs> yeah, I, I do a lot of I do a lot of love talk. Well, you know, it, it, we look at it from the perspective that it's not complicated. That's my point. It is not complicated. God made us to be. It rested with him. Mm-hmm. And he secured that in the person of Jesus Christ uh, through the sacrifice that he made. But, you know, as we look at where we are right now, um, it is it is um, sad in this nation that um, things are not what they used to be. When we, we think about what life was like for us growing up, we had lots of liberty, freedom, and blessing. And there are some major changes that are going on in our nation right now that are very serious and and deadly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it is easy for people to get uh, hopeless. Yes, that's correct. And I know that's what you do, mm-hmm. yeah. is give them hope. And the best way to give people hope is to direct them toward God, mm-hmm. because he is the ultimate hope. But it it is amazing. I do quite a bit of work with uh, 25 to 40-year-olds, to 
and a lot of older ones too. <clears throat> but that population has had a whole different experience mm-hmm. than the one I grew up with. Right. And uh, and the family connections, the community connections, they don't have that same experience that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, a lot of times they don't have someone they can go to for input mm-hmm. and direction. And so it's an interesting. So life has changed so much. But, you know, it is exciting when we look at where we are, Richard, in this in this city. Austin is probably one of the most prayed-over cities in the nation. It has to be. Yeah. yeah Why is that? Why is it that it needs to be? Well, we, we all know that what a liberal hotbed mm-hmm. Austin is. Uh, it's the center of government. Um, so there's a lot of political action mm-hmm. taking place. Um, and so obviously the, the enemy is going to move in, in there where it thinks it can, it can shape things. And fortunately, blessedly, there there are people like uh, um, Steve Washburn and Kai Bowman yeah. and, and uh, uh, Trey Kent and, and others that get together regularly and, and pray for the city. And I, I think, in fact, well, I think it was just last night that uh, Kai and Trey all, yeah. all met out at Northwest Fellowship. Mm-hmm. for. And I love to see that. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I... Well, we prayed for that for... Um, We've been in Austin 47 years, and I've done NDP for 45 mm-hmm. years. Uh, and that's how we started, with those small neighborhood prayer groups. And we put a stick out in the yard with a little pasteboard sign on it, cardboard, that said, Women praying here today. And so a lot of things have changed in Austin. But I, we, we need to take our break, Richard. If we come back, I want us to talk about not only preparing for when our life changes, some of the things that we need to do that you can help us with. Okay. Apart from the love of the Lord Jesus. But then what it's going to mean if we have those listening to us today that don't know. They may have planned, you know, for that death, but they don't have life. So let's take our break, John, and we'll be right back after this. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson and is packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. You're listening to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison. I'm just tickled because I have a really special friend with us today. In fact, who, uh, Richard uh, Curley and our friend Glad Turley, who is a Christian counselor. And I don't know how to describe Richard. Uh, <laughs> he is unique within himself. But we're glad to have you, Richard. It's nice to be had. Well, I know that. And, <laughs> and glad I, you know, my sympathy goes to you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but my appreciation goes as well. She's a blessed woman. Uh, I know she is. But I have to tell you something bigger than that. You're blessed. I'm blessed right down to my socks. Uh-huh. You are blessed, Richard. You know, there are not many people in life that I have known that have a lighthearted uh, personality. Uh, and not entertainment, but just 
you know, good old-fashioned common sense to think about things sometimes in a different term than we do when it's just everything is just down and out and nothing's good and the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, the Lord is still working in the hearts of, of many of us. Yep to bring cheer and good news and hope to a world in which we live. But one of the things that we're going to face unless the Lord comes quickly and comes again is that time when our body wears out. And I'm kind of getting there, kind of getting there. Uh, when you get 85, you get a little bit more serious about preparation and change. Yeah, but see, you don't look a day over 80. Oh, I know. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit. Tell me, first of all, what is it that you do for Cook Walden and Dignity? I know Dignity, what is the chain? Or Dignity Memorial is, is a network okay. of funeral homes around uh, North America. There are 2,200 Dignity Memorial um, funeral homes and cemeteries. And by joining together, they've been able to uh, consolidate many programs and prices and, and uh, just a, a power that a network can bring. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been fascinating for me to discover how I can actually help people understand that the majority of uh, the burden of dealing with a death is, it's never going to be easy. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I agree. I, my experience is when I was 11 years old, my sister was killed in, in a horrible automobile accident. Uh. She was 24. Now, my mom walked around in a fog for three days trying to put everything together. After that, she, I overheard her say to my dad, I will never, ever go through that again. Mm-hmm. And she and dad, went, and this is back in the early 60s, went and had their funerals mm-hmm. prearranged. Now, when dad died in 2002, my mom called me and said, your father died, go to the hospital and get his wedding ring. I said, yes, ma'am. What else do I need to do? Mm-hmm. She said, nothing. Everything else is taken care of. Isn't that amazing? That's the first time that, that I actually encountered the concept. Mm-hmm. And then when Mom died in 2007, we, this, we experienced the same thing with her. I was able to concentrate on giving a eulogy rather than taking care of yeah. the, all, all the details. details. With, and there's still gonna, going to be details. There's still going to be questions that have to be answered. There's still going to be death certificates that have to be gathered. Yes. But... By pre-planning, we can take 80 to 90% of those questions that have to be answered and have them ready. And it's, it's something we, we don't like to think about, but it's something that if we're prudent, and I believe God calls us to be prudent, mm-hmm. if, if we're prudent, we'll go ahead and plan. You know, the Bible says a, a man who doesn't take care of his family is worse than an infidel. Yeah, and, and I know how bad that is, an infidel. And what, how long have, have people been planning funerals? Actually, I was surprised to learn that, that one of the first instances of pre-planning uh, comes from the death of Jesus. Because uh, uh, in the, the New Testament, in Mark, uh, Joseph of Arimathea, who was, uh, it says was a, a respected member of the council, went to uh, Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And the reason he did that, he wanted to, when he got permission, he took the body of Jesus, had it, uh, cleaned up as much as they could because it was the Sabbath was coming, and put him what the Bible what the Bible calls it says they conveyed to the place previously bought for Joseph's own tomb a man made cave hewn from rock in a garden of his house nearby. He prepared this tomb for himself. He pre planned, mm-hmm. and now he gave that to to uh, Jesus for for burial. But that was the first instance of pre planning that I've seen. And then in my my research, I discovered. That it goes back thousands of years. The Pharaohs pre-planned. The, the pyramids oh, yeah. that we have. The Taj Mahal. All of these things were pre-planning. Now, Glad won't let me have a pyramid. 
She can't afford it. No. no. So we're we're going going to scale ours down just a little bit. But that's the beauty. You can do very you can do ornate funerals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do very simple funerals. I'd always said what I wanted was my ashes in a coffee can on the mantle. Mm-hmm. The government doesn't allow that. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we won't allow that either. But but the the scary thing is that funerals today the the least expensive say cremation without any frills without yeah. any. Um, service whatsoever could run about $5,000. Now, my counselor wife has told me how important it is to have closure. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people will, will opt, even if they choose cremation, which is yeah. more and more common these days, um, they still need to have that closure by having some type of service. A memorial service. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. They, they even have it set up now where you can have a viewing and then have mm-hmm. cremation afterwards. But um, funerals, can, depending on what part of the country you're in, they can go from forty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars to yeah. less than five or six. But well, why should why should what are some of the needs that, that a person can have filled when they flee Fran? What about the emotional needs? Well, there there are two key elements to planning a funeral. One is the emotional. And the questions that we answer now are the, the two biggest questions we can we can answer for our children or our spouse is what did he want or what did she want? And secondly, the most nagging question for years to come, did I do what she wanted me to do? Would she have been satisfied with that? And I've talked to people who've, who've been bothered by that for, for years and years. And as a therapist, a lot of families really get into uh, a tug of war and uh, yes. disagreements during this time. And so... Uh, my mother is 91. <clears throat> Excuse me. I told her than you. <laughs> <laughs> so I took her a couple of years ago, and I said, Mom, I don't want to fight with my brothers. I don't want any disagreements. Yeah. Uh, we're going to the funeral home, and we're going to pre-plan your mm-hmm. funeral. So I made an appointment, and I took her. But I did that. To me, it was a gift that she yes. consented to go with me yes. because everything's written out. You know, there will be things that we need to do. Mm-hmm. But I am so relieved on an emotional level that all the bickering, because everything's written down is what she wanted, what she, and so it'll be granted that it's all be covered financially and everything. So that's, there'll be no worries about that as well. Yeah, and talking about the f- financial part is having done that, they were able to lock in the price. Because mm-hmm. the price is always going up. Oh, it's, uh, yes. They say in, in our industry the price of a funeral doubles on average every seven years. Mm-hmm. So the funeral that, that you buy today for, let's say you're, you're in your 50s and you don't plan your funeral now, it's $10,000. Mm-hmm. All right, so in let's just say 10 years, when you're 60, that same funeral, you're still probably going to be alive, I hope so. That's going to be $20,000. Well, you just threw away $10,000 that you could have you know, taken me out to dinner or something. <laughs> or just a ball. invested in, in your children, something, yeah. other than just watch it uh, be frizzled away. But you know, when you when you look at both of those needs, uh, that's a need that everybody has to go through. Mm-hmm. You know that I remember so well. My mom it was ninety one, ninety two. Uh, she had a nightmare, and in the middle of the night, she climbed out of her bed over the bedpost and got caught between the bedpost and the wall. And she mm-hmm. broke her hip and her leg all the way down, just, you know, repeatedly mm-hmm. trying to get out. And 
um, my uh, there are members of my family that are not Christians, and uh, the when you know got her to the hospital, where the doctor said we're going to have to do surgery because the the experience of her suffering is going to be so bad, and so uh, our family agreed with that, and then. Uh, right after the surgery, we were sitting in the um, uh, recovery room, and mm-hmm. uh, this person said to me, um, Sis, I want to tell you something. And I said, What is that? And he said, um, I want to give you permission to bury mom in the church. Mm-hmm. And I said, Oh, okay. And he said, uh, I know that she believed you ought to be baptized and run in water and be buried in the church. <laughs> <laughs> And I can laugh about that now, but I had prayed about that because I knew that it was going to be a, a, an issue. And um, and I did my mom's eulogy. I did it for my dad. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, those are times when you need a family to come together yes. and, and plan, a pre-plan, as you say. Yes, ma'am. Not just the financial part, but the emotional part, mm-hmm. because that is what's the hardest, I think. Oh, we've, I've, I've seen people, when, when they do their pre-planning, at first it's a little bit awkward. But then they get into it and they start having fun. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I want the clowns to come and, oh. <laughs> and re, re, release the pigeons and have them fly yeah, over did, I've done that. Dad's, Dad's coffin and then yeah. let them drop something on the... No, we're not going to go that yeah. And they, they get tickled. Well, well, you know, when we look at it uh, and we start thinking about what it is that, that we need to do to prepare, um, let's talk a little bit about veterans today. Uh, you know, I have a heavy burden on my heart about so many of them that are just so broken mm-hmm. and don't have an emotional or even, you know, a physical base on which to operate. Talk a little bit about that. Well, first of all, God love you and thank you for your service, for for what you've done to keep my, my family safe. I, I get choked up and I embarrass my family all the time if we go into the the sandwich shop or the grocery store, and I see someone in uniform, I walk over and say, young man, I don't mean to embarrass you, but thank you for taking care of my family. And I get choked up every time that I do it. And they get embarrassed, but we, we do it and move on. And a lot of people have a misconception that veterans are automatically taken care of by the government. Now, if you are um, other than dishonorably discharged, the government will um, provide you a burial space and a headstone. They will not provide a casket unless you're killed in action. Mm-hmm. And um, they also also, uh, also have a, a space for your, your spouse. You know, what's, they put them both in, in the same um, interment area. And, um, but you cannot reserve that. Okay. So there are a lot of things that veterans have to know, a lot of forms that they have to complete in order to get all the things that are coming to them. And we walk through them with with what we, we call, we have a veteran's planning guide that we also share with them. And both of these, are the personal planning guide and the veteran's, veteran's planning guide, are both absolutely free. We send one of our counselors to show you how it works and take care of, of all the problems and answer all your questions. And uh, we, our veteran specialists give seminars around the city, around the country all the time, and invite people to come and answer their questions because uh, especially we deal a lot with veterans' widows. They don't know what they need yeah. to do, and money that may be coming back to them from the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes there, there's an amount of seven hundred dollars or more that, yeah. or uh, right around seven hundred dollars that's that's available to come back to them. 
and you need someone to sit down with you and go through each and every one. Well, you know, that is so good to know. And uh, I'm sure there are people out there thinking, why in the world, Ellen, are y'all talking about funerals? <laughs> but, you know. Because they're fun. Uh, they can, <laughs> the celebrations today are. Mine I, will be. I can. Uh, I, well, let me be part of it then, because I want to be part of it. Will you mm-hmm. call me? I'll Blair? call you. I promise. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we'll all go before you do. <laughs> oh, hush. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm speechless now. I don't know where to go next. I've never heard that statement before in my life. Somebody write down the day and time. Evelyn Davidson is speechless. Speechless. Oh, you know, uh, there are just times that. As families, we do come together to make these hard decisions. Mm-hmm. And so, I've, you know, I've been through it a number of times. And I just thank you so much uh, uh, for, Richard, for helping us understand a little bit about it today. And we want to come back uh, as we take our next break and hear from some of our good sponsors and talk about life. Talk about what it is that's going on in our lives today that uh, that the Lord uh, has his hand on us to the point that we can receive the help and the love and the understanding that we need. And we do that sometimes, Glad, with counseling yes. because we can't put it all together. No. We, we have a situation in our family right now where my um, a member of my family uh, has Alzheimer's and it's uh, it's just very, very difficult. We are in studio today here at KTXW. Today's Christian Talk, 1120 in the Austin area, broadcasting worldwide. And we talk about developing uh, leaders and becoming a leader that uh, God can bless as we lead others. And we've we're living in some pretty serious times today, and in the studio with me is Richard Curley, who's a longtime radio friend. You can weigh, and, and Glad Curley, and Glad is a professional Christian counselor, and we want to talk a little bit about how it is that we pair our hearts to live. I guess we're not going to get to these pictures I brought, are we? No, of no. My I, thank you very much, no. though. But you know, life, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> life in the physical is not all there is, Glad. No. And we sometimes think that if we think, well, if I can just get enough money or if I, my kids can get through college, or we know that life is not easy. It's mm-hmm. tough, and mm-hmm. pain is tough. And, and as you said, you know, two children that needed um, healing, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and you pray and you trust God and you wait. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's, it takes a long time for those yes, things to happen. And it's, it's hard sometimes to continue walk in that faith mm-hmm. and it pays off but it, it's still hard well you know paul uh, paul gives us a really good description of this in galatians 2 20 and 2 20 and 21 he said uh, he's talking about what really takes place in our life is this he said as a person i kept keeping rules and working my head off to please god and it didn't work so i quit being a lawman so that i could be god's man oh, wow that's good what what is that Richard, to be God's man in your life? Oh, my. Uh, Put me on the spot, Evelyn. A lot of listening, a lot of quiet listening, uh, a lot of humility. And, you know, every husband knows that God um, gives us humility by giving us incredible women (laughs) to make sure we stay humble. Mm -hmm. God's trying to choke me now. No, no, he doesn't do those things. We do those things. You know, when you look at it, that's what Paul is saying, because Paul kept the rules. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't just live by rules in life. 
Now, it'd be nice if it were that simple, uh-huh. but really it's learning to trust God. Well, it and wouldn't work because women change the rules all the time. <laughs> no, women don't change the government, changes them. Oh, okay. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a feeling we're going to talk about this again later, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Paul is saying, I quit being a lawman, I mean, a rules and mm-hmm. regulations and all mm-hmm. that, and became God's man, which is a man of love. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about that a little bit. Christ's life showed uh, us how and enabled us. He said, identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I've been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer. Christ lives in me. Let's talk about the Christ that lives within us. I was, uh, I read that in my devotion time this morning. That's uh-huh. interesting. In uh, John chapter 14, it was talking about he sent the Holy Spirit to live within us. Mm-hmm. And... Um, what I find a lot of people do is exactly what Paul is uh, talking about here, that it's easier to, you know, they think if they just memorize all the scriptures, if they just do all of this, then everything is okay. But what God wants more than anything is a relationship with us. And he wants us to spend time with him daily and not just pray on the drive into work. I've been guilty of that one a few times myself. Mm-hmm. And But he wants us to set aside time where we get in his presence. And it's not just, God, I need this, I need this, I need this. I mean, I have my prayer list, but yeah. I also just Here's have... shopping list. <laughs> but I also have, he wants more than anything. And this is something that's very healing to people emotionally as well as spiritually is if we'll begin to set aside time to spend with God where we listen. At the last, I do a healing service once a month, and at the last, we give just like a 10-minute little talk at the beginning. But we talked about the practices of being in God's presence and learning to count our blessings. I mean, my prayer time with God consists of Repentance every day. Mm-hmm. I always find I have plenty of things to repent of. Even if I don't remember everything, I just it's just an automatic thing because it's kind of like a shower for mm-hmm. the day. And then I spend some time in, in prayer. And then I spend some time looking at Scripture. And I find that I can't look at uh, three or four chapters at a time. I have to look at a few verses mm-hmm. at a time. And then as I really read that and listen and ask God to speak to me, but that begins that relationship, and then I take time to listen to God. So to me, that's what all of us are looking for. And we've gotten so busy in our world that we don't take that time. And I think that's uh, Satan's greatest tool I agree to get with us you. busy. He gets us to the point where we're frantic. Mm-hmm. we got to have it right now. Right. We, the biggest sin, I think, in this nation today... Uh, <clears throat> glad is entitlement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we think that we're entitled to have everything right now, right this moment. And a lot of times I just have to sit and wait on God. Sometimes he speaks real clearly. Other times it's, I love you, glad. Mm-hmm. And I go, but I want this answer and this answer. And he goes, I love you, glad. Yeah. And as I continue to stay with him daily, then I get those answers. But that's the part. But Entitlement doesn't get it on the very time right. frame I want it. Well, in uh, Psalm 118, uh, the psalmist speaks to that um, issue. He says, thank God because he's good, because mm-hmm. his love never quits. Tell the world, Israel, his love never quits. 
Uh, of course, you know, the psalmist was coming out of the Judeo, you know, belief system. Mm-hmm. And it was no doubt David. He was learning to praise God because he made some really bad choices in his life. And he mm-hmm. had to live with the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is true of all of us, is it oh, not? Oh, and that is so true of all of us. But if we begin, if we understand that his love never quits, mm. that helps us transition from the wounded position to a healed position. I find one of the greatest tools is to begin to thank God for his love and just begin to thank him for things. And I'm amazed at how that totally switches my thought process and my day, I mean, I can wake up upset or frustrated, but as I began to say, thank you, God, that I'm that you're here with me, that you do love me, that you never stop loving me, then I'm amazed at how, you know, I can go from, oh, what an awful day, to, oh, well, this isn't so bad. God's going to help me get through the day because I know I have his love. I, I tend to flip that in the morning. Uh, I, I'm i always excited if my feet hit the floor. I pray for it, my feet <laughs> hit the floor, and I can't wait to get started. But at night, you know, when exhaustion comes or when you've got, you're trying to bring resolution to things or, you know, we just have, a, we have heavy burdens. Mm-hmm. But the psalmist also says, cast your burdens upon him. Mm-hmm. And the way that you cast a burden is you praise God that he's bigger than the burden. Right. He's bigger than the bird. Yeah, because of the cross, we can go directly to the throne. And a lot of times I go to the throne and lay my cares on the altar. And it's such a freeing thing. And you lead people in doing that. Mm -hmm. I lead people in doing that. I have people that come in and that's we walk through. And they get to discover what works for them. Mm -hmm. Because we can go to God in so many different ways. And as they discover personally what works for them, then they can begin to be transformed into who God created them to be. Not the wounded person, but as the wounded person is healed. I mean, God has transformed my life in so many ways that I can't even begin to uh, tell you. And it's been little things, but it's been a beautiful experience. So Mm -hmm. I've got to watch that in a lot of other people's lives as well. Uh, give us your phone number uh, before we get, you know, to the end of the program so people can write it down and then we'll reinforce it. It's uh, 512-569-4665. Uh, we are talking today with Richard Curley and Glad Curley and Richard is uh, with Dignity. You don't want my phone number? Yes. Mm-hmm. You gave it one time, but we don't let no, you No, she have... gave hers twice. Okay. She's one up on me now. <laughs> All right, Richard. The score's two to one. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's my. not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. That's what you hear every day. That's what I hear. Okay. Give us your phone number, how they can touch it, because they want a little bit of this humor that you pay. Somebody. Oh, well, you can't reach me. Oh, no, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, it's 512-563-9830. That goes directly to me. Yeah. If I don't answer that, I'm either with somebody or I'm on another planet. On another planet. <laughs> on another scale. Well, you know, that's... that's uh, the road to of the cross. You know, we go where the Lord tells us to go. I mentioned that we were going to talk about the gap. Uh, we all are standing in the gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call it the GPS of life. Uh, just recently, we had Franklin Graham come to town, and back in 2013, uh, he was to be our speaker for National Day of Prayer, written the uh, poem, uh, the the uh, 
prayer for that particular time and uh, eight days prior to the time for him to do that message at the Pentagon they kicked him out and said we don't like your message and he began to pray because wow. we're in serious trouble in this nation okay? mm-hmm. uh, and God told him he read where God said I'm looking for some man to stand in the gap and you know that's what Paul did when Paul came Paul mm-hmm. stood in the gap he was the man of the law and because of God's movement in his life, he became the man of grace. Mm-hmm. We can be the, the man or the woman today of need, but we can be the man or woman of praise when we trust God to begin to put, put those things together in our life. And we would say to you uh, today in our closing, um, if you do not know him in a personal, viable, real way, I would encourage you to read the book of John. Read God's word. And find out who Jesus is, why he came, and why he is coming again. Because that's what life is about. That's what you teach. Mm-hmm. It's, you can have the beautiful life. Mm-hmm. And it starts with praising him mm-hmm. for what he is doing and what he will do as we walk like Paul walked in grace. Uh, thank you so much. Tell us again, Mr. Richard, how they can get in touch with you. The easiest way is, is to call me uh, u- using a telephone. Okay. Because <laughs> if you stand outside and yell, I probably won't hear you. are hard hearing, yes. yes. So, and my number is Erico 512-563-9830. Well, I want to thank both of you for joining us today. This has been an adventure. And I have looked forward to it. I'll take that as a compliment. I'll take take it as a compliment. (laughs) And thank you for having us. Uh, Thank you. And thank you, John, for being our producer today. And I I just say to all of you who are listening that that you will have a blessed week and that you will come to know the reality of God's love. And that love is so evident and so available to you. To to really come to know the Lord Jesus as personal Savior in, in a viable relationship with Him. First of all, you've got to admit that you're lost, that your your life is sinful, that you're not perfect, and that you need help. And then you have to believe that Jesus came for the very purpose of loving you and caring for you, and believe that He is God's Son and accept that gift of forgiveness from sin. And there's so many scriptures in John that will help you do that. And then the C is you want Christ's plan. You want to live to be the image of his love to your family and to others. And and you just have to confess your faith. You believe that he is and you believe that he loves you. And he promises that when you do that, he will come in and make himself at home in your heart. And it is a heart issue. It's a relationship issue. If you want to do that today, you can do it right where you are. If you're on 183 driving toward Austin or leaving Austin, just silently in your heart say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come in and give me a new life, the life that Richard and Glad and Evelyn have talked about today. And as you say that, he will begin to open your understanding and he will begin to show you who he is. And you will begin to develop into a person that we call a Christian. And it is a life that's not perfect, but it's a life based on perfect uh, love. Because his love is perfect. He said, perfect is my love for you. So we would ask you to let us know that. We'd be happy to send you a free Bible, send you some discipleship help. And I would uh, like to refer you to our website. It is www.lovetalknetwork.com. 
And you can get a copy of our book, Praising and Praying Across Texas, uh, at this website. So got one. But you got one. But in the meantime, Richard, I pray this week God will bless you. I'll take it, honey. Okay. And glad that God will bless you. And thank you again for joining us today for Love Talk. And I pray that as you love talk and love walk with him this week, that Jesus will bless you.